everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and I am so glad you found us. Welcome back. If you are an old friend and if you're new, I am just thrilled that you're here with us today because you are going to experience a very special episode that we have for you. Every organization has a founding story. And a few weeks ago, we shared one of ScreenStrong's founding stories regarding my oldest son, Adam, and his video game addiction. Adam is our oldest of four, and we made a lot of mistakes with his video game playing and all the things that came with that. And I just want you to know that if you're new listening, I don't want you to feel bad. We have made so many more mistakes than you have. So I am here to tell you about some of those mistakes, but I'm also here to tell you about some of the wonderful things that we discovered. So today we are going to share the second part of our founding story and discuss my daughter's experience with smartphones and social media. You are going to love this story, especially if you have kids who are begging you for smartphones. This version of Melissa's story is taken from an interview I did with the late Colin Karchner. Colin's wish was that we spread this message far and wide, and I am so happy to share this with you today. Let's get started. Anyways, joining me again for part two all the way over in the Carolinas is Melanie Hempy, founder of Screenshot. Melanie, thank you so much for joining. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so happy to be back. It's just been a whirlwind. You've really stirred the pot. We are stirring <laughs> pots. That's our whole goal. Yeah. And we are running out of time because we're running out of time with our kids because they're growing up really fast. And too fast. All this crazy stuff. Yeah. Too, too fast. Someone, met, some, someone told me the other day, they're like, when did, when did we decide in our society that 12 was the new age of adulthood. Like that, that's what's Ugh. happening to kids. You know, by 12, 13, they need to be exposed to everything horrible, awful in this world. Right. You know, that's, that's when, you know, that's the, that's just what it is. Uh, so no. anyways, I'm so glad that people not like you. what it is. I mean, <laughs> if, if that's what we do, then we spend the rest of our life trying to fix everything that didn't happen in childhood the right way. Unwind un yeah. Rewild them. So I'm so glad that you're back. We the first uh, yeah. time I spoke to you told your whole story uh, about your son Adam and and getting hooked to the games and and how uh, how you've learned through the hard process of like so many parents do with their first kid or second kid. Uh, now what do we do? And now everything's changed. So I wanted uh, let's go into your story now with your daughter. So you have four kids and and number two is a girl. Um, yeah. And Adam uh, who struggled so much with screen addiction and video gaming all that kind of stuff. Uh, so much so that girl two, Melissa, who's now in college, you guys went no, no smartphones at all. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't exactly. I mean, what happened was, I mean, you're exactly right as far as we did majorly make big mistakes with our firstborn. Um, you know, we thought he was so smart. We thought he was just doing fine on all of his screens and he was getting straight, straight A's. So these video games must really be helping him. And then we yeah. started having a lot of conflict. And as you said, he went to college, he dropped out. Um, because he just stayed in his dorm room and he just played video games. And so you could say that we kind of failed in this whole department. <laughs> when your kid drops out of school because of his game, you you know, you have to say um, it, it was probably the parents' fault, not the kid's fault. Yeah. So he ended up going to the army, like you said, and all that was really, really good. And so what happened after we went through that whole experience is I decided that with my daughter, who was coming up behind him five or six years younger, six years, um, we decided, hey, you know, we're going to delay the smartphone until about 16 because I thought, yeah. you know, surely by then she'll be mature and all this. And so it was right around the time of her 16th birthday and she had a, a flip phone, you know, and, um, you know, it was really okay. And, and I said, look, you know, Melissa, we made so many mistakes with Adam. We are not going to turn around and make big mistakes. So I went to lunch with two of my really good friends and we were having lunch and it was around the time of Melissa's 16th birthday. And um, so like every good mom, I'm like, Oh, you know um, what did y'all get your daughters for their 16th birthday? You know, cause I'm thinking about finally getting Melissa a smartphone and Colin, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> they both stood up. <laughs> we're at lunch yeah. and they both stood up and said, Melanie, 
don't do it. Yeah. That was the worst thing we ever did was give our teenagers smartphones. And they'd had them through middle school, but they said, if you haven't given her a smartphone yet, don't you dare give her a smartphone. And here I am sort of the media mom. Like I was already kind of into this, but until it applies to your own home like that, you know, it was really kind of hard to figure it out. And so I just looked at them and I'm like, what? And they said, no, don't do it. Our girls spend, you know, every day at school, they come home and the whole night they're like sticking their tongue out and taking pictures and videos and sending all this crazy stuff to their friends and taking pictures of our dog and taking pictures of everything I make for dinner. And we have no privacy in our home anymore. And then they go in the bathroom and they take more pictures and and they were just kind of staring me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I really don't want Melissa to be doing that. And I said, but she's going to be 16. Don't you think, you know, it's time. They're like, no, it was the worst decision we ever made. So you better believe I listened. And I came home and um, my sweet girl got some boots for her birthday when she (laughs) turned 16. (laughs) And so anyway, you might think that that's really crazy. And even back then, people were like, what are you doing? Not giving her. And I said, you know what? That's all I needed to hear. I just needed to hear one little story yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. Someone who's so been, she, someone who's been through it, who can give you their wisdom. And, and yeah, so many exactly. times, so many times when people make mistakes and they feel guilty about it, they feel shame. They, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to warn other people. They don't, they, cause there's, you know, there's this guilt that comes out and I, and I'm trying to get people to realize like, it's okay to say that I messed up. You know, it's okay yeah. to admit, you know what? And I love when I hear parents say, they're like, you know what? With my first kid, like we screwed up. We totally messed yeah. up. And I know, I mean, I'm reading messages from parents right here on the other side of my screen. They're like, I know 100% we messed up. This is, quote, this is our fault that we did this to our kids. It is so yeah. okay to admit that right. and because none of us knew. We are first generation parents yeah. doing this. No one wrote the textbook. No. We're, the textbooks are but finally- But listen, I made more mistakes than anybody <laughs> out there. I made way more mistakes. So when my friend started saying this about the phone, I was like, okay, I was very alert at that point. I was like, okay, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. I'm not doing it again. And yeah. she can certainly go a few more years without social media. But let me tell you the coolest thing that happened. As a result- of that and what I learned from that was just amazing. And this is what I've been sharing with families ever since. It is so worth it. So if, and I'm going to tell you a few things I learned, but if you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, I think I'm about to get the phone or whatever, just hang on and just listen to some of this cool stuff that happened as a result of Melissa and not having a smartphone. Cause everybody always thinks that all these terrible things are going to happen and the sky is going to fall and your kid is going to be really awkward and an outcast and whatever. Well, you know what? None of that happened. It's like this big myth that they don't explain yeah. <laughs> that it really doesn't happen. But one of the first things that happened is that she was never, she never went through this anxiety or stress over building her brand yeah. because she didn't build her brand. She didn't have a brand to build mm-hmm. on social media. And when, and when I say, Smartphones, you know, I really mean social media. They kind of go hand in hand. Sure. I mean, if you have a smartphone, you have social media, right? It's kind of, that's what we're talking about. Kind of the reason about. to get the phone, yeah. That's the reason for it. She never went to bed sad and upset about something somebody said about her on social media because she didn't know. Yep. I mean, maybe they were talking about her, but it didn't matter because she had no idea. So she never went to bed sad. She never went to bed worried about how many likes she had on her instead on her snap. She never did any of that. So she never, it never was a issue. She never worried about that. She never was depressed. She never had this thing called social media depression, which a lot of her friends were in counseling for like these, they literally were in counseling for social media depression. It's a thing like that. I learned back when we were going through this, she never did that. And let me tell you the cool thing. She got a break from her friends. And I I want you to hear what I'm saying here. This is so important. So just think about this, Colin. Think about when you were growing up and we would have sleepovers, right? We have our friends over and they'd sleep over and it would be Saturday, you know, um, like they sleep over Friday night. And so it's been 24 hours. And I mean, come on, be honest. Weren't we kind of ready for them to leave? Get me home. I'm done with this drama. (laughs) You need a break. You need a break from the peer culture. Yes. And so it's like we had fun at our sleepovers, but then it was like so good when our friends left and we got back to our normal little weekend or whatever. And I know as a parent, it's super nice when the kids leave. I mean, we love having them over, but it's kind of, and so that's what she would get. And this is what I realized as we were going through it. She got a break from her friends. So she saw them all day at school and then she literally got to come home and get a break. And like, she really came home. 
And so our kids today that are on, you know, social media, they never get a break. They never get to come home. Yeah. And, and so as a result of her coming home, what would happen is the minute she walked in that door. Now, now listen, this is really key. The minute she walked in the door from school, she would pour out everything that happened to her during the day because yeah. she would tell me because she wasn't texting it to her friends. So I got the scoop on what was going on with all the different things and the kids and the peer groups and the school and whatever. And she would just blah, 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 and talk, 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 because she had to get it out, sure. right? Usually yeah. they're home with her head down on the way home, texting, you know, all their friends. But instead she told me. So as a result of that, Colin, I was able to mentor her and coach her through some really awkward things that were happening. And, and I could give her wisdom, yeah. Yeah, but and if, I, if she'd had a phone, I never would have even known about this drama because there's a lot of girl drama when you're in high school. Always. The other thing that happened that was really cool is she got her homework done really fast. Like all the moms were calling me, Hey, it's dog. I might take my kid four hours to do their homework. And I'm like, really? It only takes Melissa like 30 minutes. And then she goes to the gym and she started going to the gym. She's a gymnast and she started going to the gym more and more and more. And so she was at the gym four hours a night and she'd come home and do her homework and still get A's and still yeah. have plenty of time. And I'm like, I don't understand. You know, maybe get their get them off social media and then maybe they can do their homework better. So that was a huge benefit for her. No distractions. And she had a lot yeah. of real downtime. You know, she had, she figured out what to do with her downtime. I think that's the biggest gift you give your kids when you don't give them social media is they have to figure out what to do with her downtime. She started knitting, she did art. And of course she did all of her gymnastics. And um, actually she ended up with a scholarship, a full ride scholarship, a gymnastics scholarship to D one school. I'm not sure if that would have, I'm not saying that would have happened if she hadn't had social media, but I know that it really helped her not have the distractions. But I think, let me tell you, I think the coolest thing that happened, I mean, I just listed a number of things, but I think the coolest thing, um, and, and I just kind of get emotional sometimes talking about it. I think the coolest thing that happened by my daughter not having a smartphone was her relationship that she built with her brothers. Mm. It, it was fabulous. Yeah. And they were, they were younger than her, five years younger, um, about six years younger, actually. But listen, she played with them. She got to know them. She hung out with them. She participated in their stuff. And that relationship today is still very strong. I wouldn't trade that for anything. I wouldn't trade that for one minute on TikTok. The amount of um, time that she spent building that relationship, it's just, I mean, to this day, we are still getting the benefits from that. And so I, um, Pull together this little this little book. It's Can Your Teen Survive and Thrive Without a Smartphone? And and um, we want to you know just that's my little story about Melissa and and it gives kind of what happened to us and it gives the reasons and the medical reasons and yeah. I go through all the the scientific reasons why it's such a great idea to delay social media, especially for teenage girls. I mean, for boys too. Boys tend to struggle more with gaming. Girls struggle yeah. more, you know, with social media. But let me let me tell you, I, I will say that. Gaming does a lot of harm for boys. Trust me. I know this. I know I lived it. I saw what it does to boys, but on a psychological level, social media hurts girls more than gaming hurts boys. Does that make sense? Gaming yep. hurts boys for a lot of reasons, but on a psychological level, and the, the reason why is your daughter can spend an hour, you know, getting the perfect picture or the perfect TikTok video. And if people don't like it, then she's crushed. She has nothing to show for it. Big time. It's, it's just crushing. And, and, there, and I go through a lot of the things in this little booklet. It's a very short little booklet about this whole not giving your kid a smartphone and will they thrive? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> I love a couple of things I want to point out in what you said that because I, uh, same thing here. My oldest, uh, I've, I have three girls. My oldest just started ninth grade. The second one just started seventh grade. So I have two middle schoolers right now. And, uh, and it's, and it's been the oh. same things as far as, uh, everything you said, just not, not being to worry about that. They need to, kids, kids have to have a break from peer culture. And what, what is peer culture? Peer culture is all the things that happen from bell to bell, which is drama, which is stress, which is, I got to put on a mask and I got to wear these avatars, uh, and, and, and I got to be someone I'm not. And what are people thinking about me? What are people saying about me, you know, and schoolwork and all that stuff They're, that is already a big chunk of their day and kids need a respite from that. They need a break from the peer culture. So that's always yeah. love. I'd love to see that. My daughter comes home after school 
one thing we don't do in our family is I never grill her or interview her like a lot of parents do. Like, who'd you hang out with at lunch? What'd you do? What'd you do here? Who'd you talk to? What no. was class? I don't say anything. I let her come and just decompress. She usually pops some popcorn and then she just hangs out. And then when I can tell she's ready to kind of talk, we're like, you know, how was your day? Stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, I hear from parents a lot and I, and, and I want to point this out that they, you know, the, there's always the, what, 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 what if, what if, you know, and one of the, what ifs is if I don't give my kid, uh, this stuff, social media, smartphone, she's going to miss out on so much stuff. She's going to be, she's going to all the stuff that she's worried she's going to miss out on all, all of these things. And, and I always ask parents, I say, okay, well, let's list those things that she's going to miss out on. Well, okay. So <laughs> the, the important stuff to her are what? Well, she's probably going to mess out on like wh- where people are hanging out, right? Because friends, that's how they do. They snap it to each other. They just snap chat. They use it to, to text each other. So she's going to miss out on, you know, some hangout stuff. I'm like, okay, so what else? Uh, she'll probably miss out on, you know, uh, well, that's pretty much it is like when friends are hanging out. Okay. What about all the other stuff she's going to miss out on? They're actually pretty good things for her to miss out on. So number one, all the stress that this is going to cause. Like you said, trying to maintain a brand at 14 or 10 or 12, a social media brand that for a lot of kids, sadly becomes more important than who they are in real life. So she's going to miss out on the stress and the anxiety of having to keep up with all this stuff. What what about the 24-7 bullying that can happen through Snapchat, Mm -hmm. happen through Instagram, happen through text, all that kind of stuff. One of the big issues right now parents need to understand is that all the schools you kids have go to, middle school, high school, they all have T pages, T-E-A. T pages are Instagram accounts that kids at the school create. They hide, you know, they're all private and that's where, and they say, and literally I see a bunch of them. We try and shut them down where they say, Hey, this is the Highland high school T page, uh, DM all of your anonymous dirt and drama and we'll share it. And these T pages that your kids, all their schools have are just, just people are posting just the worst thing. I heard that Tyler Bennett does this, this, I mean, and they're awful. It's, I mean, kids are being outed on these T pages, some of those horrible things. And so my daughter's never going to have to worry about that. And like you said, I love, it's like, she does have a phone. Someone could be bullying her on Snapchat, but if a tree falls down, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? No. Right. So she's going to yeah. miss out on stress, anxiety, and cyberbullying, and all the drama of trying to be a 13-year-old and 14-year-old and try to maintain a brand. She's going to miss out on a potential porn addiction to, oh, good heavens, like how sad, what an awful dad I am for like withholding my child from being exposed to pornography. Or, or even yeah. worse, something that happened yesterday or two days ago, which I've shared on my Instagram, uh, is that on TikTok two days ago, a video, a live video, uh, of a guy Facebook living that someone shared on TikTok of him uh, dying by suicide. He took a gun to his head and, uh, and you can figure out the rest. The whole thing filmed live in front of his mother and it was shared oh on TikTok for Ugh. so many kids to see. I have, I don't have a TikTok account, but I have TikTok. I go on there to find stuff, see what's being talked about so I can you know expose it to parents and my the yeah. for you page, so that's like the discover page for Instagram and Snapchat. The for you page was littered with people, their faces like crying, saying, "I can't oh. believe what did I just watch? I just saw a guy blow his head off on TikTok. How is this still on there?" And like young kids being exposed yes. to this, um, yes. and and then I shared it, and people. Will, Kids were messaging me saying, "Colin, I saw it. Someone sent me. It. I, they said this is fake. I didn't even." Uh, or, or I was watching a video of, of someone dancing and then a split second later, it went right to this video yeah. and they're like, I yeah. have been crying for hours. I, uh, one girl yeah. told me she instantly threw up and she's like, I'll yeah. never be the same. And these kids no. are now traumatized for life because of yeah. this kind of stuff. So yeah, my daughter sadly is going to miss out on being traumatized for life and right. all this stuff. Um, so think right. about that when you're deciding, okay, what are the pros and cons of let my daughter have this uh, Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok and a smartphone? What, what are the, what are the good things that will come out of delaying? And I love the word delay. It, it's just delay. We're not saying go yeah. Amish. We're not saying that you're going to be, right. you know, right. live on a farm and never have screens ever again. Right. It's, it's delaying right. the devices right. until there's a level of maturity and they're yes. through that phase of, I don't know who I am. And now yes. I feel more grounded and whatever age that is. Uh, which well, it, and the age is actually getting more and more clear. Yeah. If you look at science and it's not 14, it's not 16. And, no. you know, even at 18, your kid is just an apprentice adult, adult. I mean, and what I'm thinking, you know, I mean, she, she was, she was 18, she was in college and, 
you know, before she got, um, well, she was actually a few months before she left for college. And so, cause people were saying, well, she didn't learn how to use it. And I'm like, well, actually it took her about three minutes to learn how to use it. It was really <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. And in fact, your four-year-old can certainly run a social media account pretty easily. So that, that hard, didn't yeah. take um, very much time. But what I learned is that she was, she was older. She was, had a lot more discretion in, um, and, and now kind of when we talk about it, cause she's been through four years of college just now. And she's like, you know, mom, I, I really could have done without it in college too. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm not so sure I'm going to get my, my boys are going to take a gab phone, you know, to college. I mean, <laughs> the last thing they need is all that distraction in their pocket. Oh but that's, my that's, gosh. Yeah. Especially if you're paying for college. Jeez. That's your money going down the drain. Going down the drain. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, and so anyway, so we're not going to argue about age and we don't ever say anything about age with screen strong. We just say delay, 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 Yeah, you know, and hit the pause button until they're older. And what happens is that they learn their life skills. And as they're getting through this apprenticeship of being an adult, you know, it takes that long. I mean, no 16 year old, I'll be honest, no 16 year old is ready for this. And, you know, we had, I had a, um, a family Instagram account on my phone. And if she ever wanted to check anything, she could, but we know we never really did. But let me tell you the cool thing that happened because to the mom who says the one thing that they're going to get left out is from all their friends or whatever. Yeah. Um, we had friends over here, like every other weekend, we had um, planned get togethers for the girls over yeah. at our house. And so our house kind of became that house where we had people over and they had so much fun they forgot how much fun it was to get together. And so Melissa really did have a lot of socialization. Plus she had her gymnastics team. She had her school group. I highly recommend for moms out there, if you have girls, that you get them involved in a couple things. Not only does the research show how important this is, longitudinal studies, you know, over a 20-year period shows that kids who are in extracurricular activity, actually it's two extracurricular activities over a two-year period, it puts them on a whole di- whole incredible trajectory for their academic skills and everything. Um, and also their social skills. But I, I really recommend that, um, you know, that girls, especially that you, I mean, we do this with our boys too. We always have friends over. Um, um, but I recommend having that kind of work that into your normal routine in your life, you know, having kids over and she's, she's very, very social. She didn't miss a beat. But I tell you, the interesting thing was as she was going through high school with no social media, Colin, what would happen is when her when her friends would have conflicts over drama, over social media, they would actually come and ask Melissa for her opinion because she wasn't on it. You know, <laughs> and she's not going to go back talk them on, yeah, behind their back on Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting, but I can tell you right now, there's not one thing I regret about it. And, um, and there's not one thing she regrets about it And the little things that you're talking about, like, Oh, they're getting left out. The, the girls knew her friends knew they would just text me if they wanted her to come somewhere. So they just put my number in there and I got the group text. And let yeah. me tell you, that was an education. Oh yeah. Yeah. You want to, <laughs> so I would find out, you know, what they were doing and it was fine. And, um, but anyway, I, I do recommend that your girls have a couple of different friend groups. Yeah. Um, so they don't have all their eggs in one basket. For sure. Um, but it was certainly very successful, you know, to um to go through that. And then look what she did in college. It was amazing. She got yeah. a full scholarship and you know, she thrived and she really did well. So it's possible. So if you're out there, you have a gut feeling and you're wondering, you know, can we really do this in this day and age? I mean, come on, really? Well, I'll tell you that if you still want them to have some kind of social media. They can have it on their laptop. They do not need it on a smartphone. They no. do not need that smartphone in their pocket. Statistics show that they get in a lot more trouble when it's a smaller screen, when Always. it's in their pocket. The smaller the screen, the more trouble they're going to be in. And why would we do this? And what you just said about TikTok is even making it even oh more clear to me. And seeing that kind of content, that that does permanent damage to a young brain. Yeah. When they see that kind of violence and not even a movie made violence. That's real. That's real. Uh, and, 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 and when I get messages from school counselors saying uh, we are going to be spending the day having eight, nine, 10, 11 year olds in our office uh, sobbing okay. as I try, yeah. as we try as their school counselors to help them process what they just saw. And people say, well, they, they say, well, you can find there's videos of stuff like that on the on the dark web or they can find videos that are like that sometimes on YouTube. The issue is, is that they have to actually go search that stuff up uh, on, yep. on, on apps like TikTok, which every little kid, ha- every kid has young person has now. 
they don't have to search that at all. It just rolls up. It is like they swipe up to it's the next video. Them. Here's a video of a kid fishing. Here's a kid, a, a video of her and her friends dancing. And then here's a video. What's that? Oh, this guy just took his own life on camera. And then the next oh. one is another guy fishing. Like they, yeah. it is, it is put in their face and it is exposed. Yeah. And if it's not directly put in their face, there are thousands of people on the For You page that are talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, which is, of course, going to create oh, curiosity. And people are then, I, yeah. I, I've had even kids tell me, I don't even have TikTok. And a friend of mine sent a link to it or they sent a link, yeah. to, they post on Reddit and I saw it there. And I'm just like, I got I got pretty crazy mad today as much as I can through what I was posting uh, on my highlight stories about the fact that this, this I don't, where where are the class action lawyers where, where are the class action lawyers that are, are going to finally look at this and say, wait a second, like this, how this is happening, kids traumatizing them for life on apps that are rated 12 plus, like there is some right. serious disconnect here. If you parents, if parents, uh, we're all parents, if you sent your kid to a PJ rate, uh, rated movie, which is, you know, 12 year old uh, rated that and, and suddenly a guy in real time ends his life on screen, like. You wouldn't just be like, well, you know, I like this screen too. And it's, it's just funny dances. You know, I'm sorry about that happened to you. Like we would, there would be mass global uproar and it would be something that would be all over the news. But guess what? No, there's not gonna be any news on this at all. So um, there's gotta no, be a lot of change happening sometime soon. People gotta start shouting more. This is why also this whole argument about parental controls. I mean, we need parental controls and I get it, but parental controls don't control this kind of no, stuff. They don't. And you know, parental controls are sort of like a seatbelt. Everybody says, okay, it's like driving. You got to wear your seatbelt and, and people compare, you know, well, your kid has to, you know, learn driver's ed and they compare and, and the comparison doesn't, it doesn't hold any water in my book. No. And, and I'll tell you why this whole thing about parental controls, one click and you're out of your seatbelt and one click and you're out of these parental controls. I mean, look what happened with TikTok. All right. Well, the same kind of stuff happens on YouTube all the time. Parents no. are saying, well, I got parental controls. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. And then get on proxy servers. You know, you've talked to kids enough to know all the ways they get out. And I didn't want to put all that in my in my daughter's brain yeah. until she was able to have some sort of wisdom around it. Yeah. it. It's it's completely wrong. The other thing that I think we hear a lot from culture is that, and, and there's probably people listening right now to say, you know, well, my my kid would never click on that, or my kid would never do that, or my my daughter is so mature, Melanie. She she would totally be able to handle oh, a smartphone. First of all, this. I'll yeah. say it's probably your first daughter, right? Your first kid. But I'm going to say that these these conversations that our culture says, well, you know, just have conversations with your kids, and um, and I don't want to downplay the importance of conversations, but conversations don't cut it when it comes to what you and I are talking about. Um, and and if conversations worked, Colin then we would eliminate teen pregnancy overnight. We'd eliminate teen <laughs> alcohol and drug use overnight. Yeah. See, cause they don't work. So conversations are so important, but we cannot depend on that. Conversations are there to build relationships with our kids. Conversations do not change their behavior. We should never expect a conversation to change their behavior. They're not old enough. Yeah. They're not adults. You know, you, you expect a conversation to change behavior with an adult, right? You, you tell them something and they're supposed to do it. Kids, their, their brain isn't fully connected yet. They're very intelligent. They're very, very smart, but they're not mature. Yeah. And no matter what you do with your parenting, you cannot make them more mature before certain ages happen and certain things happen in their brains. Yeah. And I think that's the hang up. But, and plus parents have a blind spot. I know I talked about that before. I had a huge blind spot with my son. And, um, you know, I'm trying, I, you know, with, with Melissa, I was trying really hard to see past my own biases and to just say, look, yeah. I'm using logic and I'm using science and this is really going to be bad for her. <laughs> so we're going to play it. But it wasn't bad. It was amazing. And I talked to a lot of kids in college that were that same Melissa kid. My mom was the mean mom. She was the one who yeah. didn't let me have access to this stuff. I didn't get a smart, I had a flip phone through high school. I didn't have social media. She wouldn't let me. And we'd fight about it uh, every once in a while when I was a young you know, teenager. But now I'm in college thriving parents, believe me, that phone is yeah. not going to bring you closer to them at all. That phone is no, not going to make no. your kid love you more. It, it's going to do the opposite. It's only going to separate you from them. 
even more. It's going to cause more problems, more headaches, more anger, more frustration, more contention. I've never heard a parent say, oh my gosh, when I gave my 13-year-old that smartphone, it was like a light switch went off and she was so kind and her attitude <laughs> changed and she was so helpful and loving and respectful. And it's <laughs> never, ever, right? ever happened in the history Ever of ever. Now let's let's go let's go talk about this next part. And we'll wrap up. Um, yeah. Uh, you have a lot of people now going through the detox. Uh, when I when we talked about this on my Instagram, we did the first podcast. Uh, I said, hey, well, parents, if you want to know where to go, here's a support group. It's the Screen Strong, yeah. you know, Facebook page, and you've got hundreds and hundreds of parents in there now. Yes. Uh, what are some yeah. of the comments you're getting from parents starting from like day one, two, three? Now they're probably some are on like week two now, week three of this. Uh, what are some of the comments you're seeing from parents as they're getting into a detox a screen detox with their kids. Right. So yeah, let's talk a second. Yeah. About um, the detox, because I know that's what everybody wants to hear about. So they're like, okay, I need to take this away and I need to figure out how to reset. Um, and so screen strong is um, I like to say it's like a lifestyle change. Okay. It's, it's not that all the stuff is horrible all the time. As far as screens, we have to use screens for our homework and we have to do all that. And TV movies are fun and, you know, watching stuff with your kids and all that's fun. Yep. Like you said, we're not Amish. We're not doing that, but it is a lifestyle <laughs> change. And, yeah. um, and so the, the challenge is that we help parents get through that first seven day or the, the 30 days. The, the thing is the the challenge is written in a seven day um, email um, that we send out one a day for seven days. We help you through that first week. Yes. And it's just been fabulous. Um, we've had so many parents go through this thing. I think last week there was like 130 that went through, which in, in one week is pretty significant. That's a lot. And so what basically um, happens is we give them instructions on how to set up the week, how to talk to your kids, what you need to do to set everything up because there are some things that you need to do. I mean, and it's, it's just a free challenge. You know, it's, it's not like you have to pay a bunch of money and pay for some kind of program. Right. So we, we give them all the stuff to do and the emails that I'm getting back, this is what is so fun to me. And I'm getting them in the Facebook group. It's the screen, um, the screen strong families, Facebook group that you can join. Um, but I'm getting a lot of messages that are saying things like Melanie, everything that you said, is like working. Like, it's like you're living in my house. Like, how did you know, <laughs> you know, from the, the different problems to the things that will work, you know, cause we say the first few days are going to be the hardest. And of course, if your kids are a little bit older, if they're like 14 and older, it's harder. Trust me. It, you know, there was a lot of years they spent getting all hooked into all this stuff. So it's going to take more than seven days to get them out. But, um, but one of my, one of my favorite comments, um, there's been so many, but one of them was mom said she woke up, it was Saturday morning. Um, they're in the middle of the challenge, you know, she said, Oh my gosh, I heard my kids playing and usually they're on TV, right. On Saturday morning. But she said, I heard them playing. And then I went and got dressed. I came back out and they had, they, they made a sign that said, mom, we went outside to play. Yeah. And I thought, Oh my gosh. And she was just so overwhelmed by that. She's like, they actually went outside what? to play. Oh my gosh. I love it. Was a story um, about a mom who um, her son actually went and got the, the trimmer to trim the grass by the play set because it had gotten too long. <laughs> She's like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're using it again. <laughs> he never would have done that before. Yeah. yeah. So um, th there's some really cool things. I know you're hearing a lot too, but oh, I think, yeah. I think what it is, is that they're realizing a couple things, Colin, they're realizing that it's not that hard. It, it does take a little bit of a village because we have your back and you get on the group and you can ask questions and you can read things and you get a lot of encouragement from parents to do this. But, but I feel like it's scary and it's kind of frightening for parents yeah. to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to take these screens away, you know, and go on this detox and hopefully for longer than seven or even 30 days, hopefully, you know, like Mary's story, I mean, she's on her second year and it's going really well, but I think that they get really fearful. But, but what I want to say is it is not that hard. And so when they start doing it, it's sort of like, you're really scared. Like you feel like you're going to drop, fall off a cliff or something, but really it's only like two steps down. Like it's really not yeah, that hard. Good analogy. It is so not farther down. Those are the messages I'm seeing that I'm, I'm, I'm flipping through a bunch right now, looking at them and, and, and hearing parents hearing, well, reading what they're saying, but I can hear the voice because there's so many exclamation points uh, behind their senses. <laughs> hearing parents say, uh, I can't believe how fast this happened. 
I can't believe, like, yeah. they, they thought this was going to be, like, a month of just tantrums and screaming and meltdowns and, like, kids rioting in the house and burning <laughs> down the kitchen and things like that. I mean, it, for a lot of these parents, it only takes, like, an hour or two, sometimes maybe a day of them fighting and fighting. That's if you, and I, I, th- I think that, I think that if you do it the right way, which is where you, like, when they follow how you show them how to do it, where you sit down with the family at dinner, you have the big conversation, you ask the kids about, you know, what kind of family do we want to be? How do we all feel about how much time? Like, if you just go say, we're doing this by, then they're going to be tantrum for a while. But if you get the kids on board, I'm reading one from this lady, she has three kids, 12, nine, and six, and she's talking about how, you know, everyone, we got together, we talked about it, and then we all decided as a family, let's do this. And now, and she's just exclamation points, like, this is the best thing ever. Thank you so much for your hard work, bringing awareness. You're so right. Uh, everything you were saying about this, we're having so much playtime this weekend. Um, yeah. uh, we have, we have, we have, it's only been 12, 15 years since the iPads and stuff came out, but we become so accustomed. Like you said, this has got to be a whole family cultural change. Um, yeah. But I promise you, it's a lifestyle, it, it's a lifestyle change. Lifestyle. If kids are used to Saturday morning is iPads and Xboxes all day, Going from that back to the way it should be and the way it used to be, which is go outside and play. Let's do some chores. Let's play some board games. Let's go out on a walk. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. going to take as lo- as much time. And one, a couple of things I want to point out that parents have been saying to me and saying to you that have been doing this. Uh, number one is how much easier parenting is without mm-hmm. the screens. What do yeah. you attribute? I know what I, what I think, but what do you attribute that to? Why are all the parents saying, I can't believe how much easier it is to parent with my kids without all these screens around? Yeah. Well, first of all, everything is more calm. Yes. Okay. So it's always going to be easier when things are calm and people aren't stimulated because when kids are on screens, their brain, their limbic area of their brain is constantly in fight flight mode and they're stimulated and they're all like on edge. Everything's like at a nine about to explode to a 10. You know, you can't even ask them to come down for dinner because they have to quit their fortnight and they're going to lose. And it's all this big, hairy problem. So everything's more calm. The, the other thing is, Parents are experiencing and kids are experiencing presence with their family. And so what I mean by that is instead of just everybody being in the room, all connected, they're, they're like in the room, but they're really present. And there's something that's really um, healing and therapeutic about being in the presence yeah. of another person. Big time. Um, and you cannot be in the presence of another person when you are on your phone and you're at dinner. It's impossible, even though you're sitting there. You can't. I think the third thing is that kids are feeling very um, important. I think they're feeling chosen. I think they're feeling like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like mom and dad are picking me. Like they want to spend time with me. Can you believe it? They want to get rid of this screen over here, even though I know it's my favorite thing to do and I'm going to have a fit and a meltdown. I'm a kid. That's my job. I have to have a meltdown (laughs) and pretend like I don't want you to take it away. Right. But, But really, especially as they get a little bit older and they're teen years they want you to pick them. They want yes. you to fight for them. They want yes. you to fight for them. They want you to care. And that's what that's what these moms are actually ex- explaining. And that's what they're trying to, with all those explanation marks, that's yeah. really what they're saying. Yes. Is they're getting back that, I love that. They're getting their kids back. They are. You know, and Colin, you know what? It takes, it's hard. And some parents aren't going to be able to do it. I'll be honest. This is not going to be for everybody. Um, they're not gonna be able to do it because they, I mean, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I'll back up and I'll say it takes effort. Yeah. This isn't this, you know, I mean, at least in the beginning, it takes a lot of effort. You have to actually, like Mary said, you have to play monopoly 15 times with your kids, you know, <laughs> or you have to do, um, like I, I I've talked to one mom, I've been trying to help her and she's like, I got to spend so much time with him. He's 13. He has no idea what to do with himself anymore. He doesn't even know how to go out play, outside and play. Yeah. And that's the danger of waiting that long, but there's hope. There's always hope, but you, you're going to have to go back and start reparenting some of that because they don't know. And because like with any addiction, where you are in the scale of your time, where you are, the point in time, the age you are, that addiction, when you got addicted, and then you go for years being addicted, you always have to go back to that point yeah. where you got addicted and you got to fix that stage. And so if these kids get addicted when they're eight years old and they have an iPad and they don't know what else to do with their time, then now they're 15 or they're 14, they got to kind of go back to when they were eight. You're, you got to redo some of that. They yeah. don't know how to go get the slip and slide out and hook up the host. They don't, they don't know how to, to play with the chalk on the, 
the sidewalk. They yeah. don't know how to even sit down and read for pleasure. They don't know how to play with their Legos anymore. I think, I think you might be getting these messages too, but the ones I'm getting are saying, we love the sound of the Legos being poured yeah, out. Yeah, love hearing Legos. The kids are out making stuff. I, I've had mom send me photos. Uh, one mom sent me a photo of her daughter's bike. 11 who had turned who created out of boxes made a rope she turned herself into a robot and she's and she and the mom's like she's selling something she's a robot salesman i don't know what she's selling but she's been doing this for two hours and i'm like don't, it doesn't even matter try you don't kids kids are so much more creative than any of us adults and if we let them be bored and that's what i love some dad told me he said colin this has been the best thing ever um and and i told my kids i said learning to be bored is a skill set and it really, really is. I can't tell you how many high schoolers I talk to who talk about the fact that their phone has has never allowed them to sit and be still and be bored oh. and just process things and process feelings. Uh, and it is a skill. And the kids, like you said, they're, they're, they're like the monkeys that were in the cage for the, mass, the makeup companies and they're finally touching grass for the first time. They're not going to learn how to swing on those uh, those trees and be monkeys until you let them be and show them and remind them what it's like to not be a lab rat, which they are on their Xbox and on their iPad, right. but to go right. be monkeys again. And so I'm so happy to see that. One of the things I told, I mentioned to you pre when, before we record, one of the ones I love getting the most, how many parents are telling me and sending photos saying my kid is napping for the first <laughs> time in years, a mom of a, of a, maybe a 12, 13 year old, uh, boy uh, on the autistic scale on the spectrum. She said, you know what, my son, um, he hasn't taken a nap since he was like three and we are on day four of no screens and he is taking like an hour and a half nap every day. And she's like, it is the most amazing thing to see. Um, and of course wow. we know, you know, you know, and I know what that is, is the devices are keeping kids in an over uh, a state of constant overstimulation. Imagine a snow, yes. a snow globe, you hand your kid a snow globe and all the snow is on the ground and then you give them an iPad or you give them an Xbox, you give them Fortnite or Minecraft or whatever it is and it's just going to shake them, shake the snow like crazy. Um, that's what the devices are doing. Seeing kids nap again and of course, oh my gosh, do they need sleep? Um, and, and, and my favorite part is seeing parents like come realize it for themselves like, oh my gosh, my daughter is napping. She hasn't napped since she was two and she's six. Wait a second. Why isn't, she should be napping all the time still and I think I just realized that the fact that she's on an iPad three hours a day or watching YouTube all day, like oh. is probably the reason why yeah. and, I, and I'm just like sitting there like, yes, yeah. like I, I'm so glad, <laughs> you know, finally, you finally figured it out on your own. I can clap for you. Um, so, so for the parents who are listening, let's wrap up. Um, we have enough evidence and data showing that this is the best thing you can do right now. Um, yeah. separate schoolwork too. It's okay. Don't, sh yes. don't feel guilty about the fact that your kid has to do Chromebook learning or iPad learning for four hours a day. Just that can be its own separate thing, but all the other yeah. digital candy, like separate that out, go for it. If you don't uh, know how to do it, or, you know, if you didn't hear the first podcast, go listen to it. Uh, if not, they can go to, uh, remind me of the Facebook page name again, or how they can go sign up for the information of how to Green do this. Strong Families. It's Green Strong Families. And um, you can go to our page and sign up through there, or just go through there and get to the group Green Strong Families. That's how you get to it. And it's a Green Strong Challenge is what we're talking about. It's a, it's, we're going to walk you through the first seven days. We hope that you do it for more than seven days, but we're going to hold your hand. And um, there's all kinds of people in that group to help you with any kind of age question, kid, whatever you have um, a lot of good suggestions about what to do with your kids. Um, you know, try it. I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? It doesn't hurt to try. Yeah. And your kids should certainly be able to get off their screens for a week and do something fun sure. with their family. And Colin, what you were saying about the creativity Oh my gosh, it's their imagination that starts yeah. to bloom. And I know that sounds really corny, but our imagination muscle has to be used. And if you don't use it, and especially if you don't use that imagination muscle when it's the easiest to use, which is childhood, it will be extremely hard to use later. And um, lack of imagination and lack of sleep and all these things that you were touching on lead to depression yes. and stress in anxiety. And this is just an epidemic in our culture that our kids are anxious and everybody has counselors. And I think counselors are fine. And I love counselors, but every kid shouldn't have to have a counselor. We should be outside playing with them. We should let them know that they, they are meaningful in our family and we value their time. And every time you give their, give your kids a, a phone time and more time, you know, it's like, you're, you're saying here, I, this is more important yeah. than me. And, um, I, I have a, a 
story, super quick testimony of a mom who said that she took her 14-year-old son's um, phone away and he bucked and stomped and acted like it was all that and terrible and whatever. And, um, it, and she took it away for a month. And this was a while back because he had done something. So she took his phone away mm-hmm. for a month. And um, so when the month um, was up, he came to her privately and he said, Mom, please don't give me back my phone, but please don't tell anybody that I asked you not to give me back my phone. And so I think about that little guy all the time. And I think, you know, that most kids aren't going to tell us that, but they want us to do this for them and they want us to take this challenge. So jump in, take the challenge. It's easy. Um, We're going to help you replace screens with healthy stuff. We're going to jumpstart that experience for you. Um, We're going to help you build your kid's brain. There's so many valuable things that happen from that, that we have a book that goes with it as well, the Screen Strong Solution. And then of course the smartphone book um, that we talked about today um, is also really, really valuable. And yeah. we're offering um, um, a discount code for that. Colin, you'll put that in the, That's right, the details yeah. for this for listeners and get a discount on that book. But yes. just remember that the Screen Strong Challenge will help you get your kids back. Yes, And there's hope no matter how old they are, it is it is much easier when they're younger, I will say. It is. Um, <laughs> but there's hope. Yes. And as my friend Mary said, who did it for 30 days with her three boys, and now they're on two over two and a half years, uh, she said, wouldn't, wouldn't, why wouldn't you as parents want to see the best version of your kid? Wouldn't you want yeah, to know? Wouldn't you want, aren't, aren't you curious to see what your kid is capable of. You hear these stories and you think ah, it's too hard or I can't do it or you know that's just their way that you know that wouldn't work for us. And I know there's different situations of course, right? There's always very personal situations that you know wouldn't work. Sure. But wouldn't you want to see the best possible creative wouldn't you want to know like wouldn't you be curious like what what would my 6-year-old do? What would he create if I just threw him in the backyard yes. with a box of just trash and said you know what you got two hours make me something right what wouldn't you want to see what that is and i think if anything and i'm so glad that you said that because i had never put that together that i think the reason why there's so much joy in these homes right now and there's a lot of houses that were very stressed out with a lot of contention that are feeling joy and connection for the first time in a very long time is the fact that you said that the kids are saying i feel important I feel yes. my parents want to spend time with me. When 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 yeah. the when the culture of your home is come home and everyone go on their phones and we sit on a couch watch a movie but we're all on our screens watching a movie on a screen on a screen and at dinner no one really talks if we even have dinner mm-hmm. and then on the when I when I pick you up in the car from your your soccer dance I'm on my phone scrolling Instagram listen to some mommy blogger bloviate about some other skincare product routine right? When when that's the thing <laughs> When you tell your kids, I'm done with this. When you're in the car with me, kiddo, you and I are talking. At dinner, we are talking. We're going to go hang out. Like as a kid, and I'm one of those kids who like, one of the reasons why I do what I do probably is because my dad never showed me any attention. And I'm a middle child and I'm a Leo. So strike three. Um, <laughs> if my, but that's one of the reasons why kids are seeking yeah. so much attention in the wrong places. Yeah. So give it to them at home. Uh, any final comments or words of advice before we wrap up? Well, you need to fight for your kids, yeah. okay? Because everybody else is fighting for your kids. They and are. you need to fight for them and you need to win. And they need to know that you are going to fight for them and that you are going to have their back because that culture out there does not have their back. They, they just want to sell them stuff all the time, right? They just get their eyeballs everywhere they can. And this is why I'm so passionate about this because I've done it both ways. I know, I know that when kids, when you open that creativity door, in their life, and they, see, because we're humans and we're born to be creative. And when you can open that up for your kids, whether it's art or music or building something or making a lemonade stand, it doesn't matter. It, in artwork, you know, artwork, you know, children's artwork, it, it never comes around again. Once they're yeah. gone, I mean, once they're once once they grow up, you don't ever get that artwork because their their creativity is so different when they're yeah. little. And you are not being creative on a screen. We'll have a whole other show on that if you want, <laughs> because that's not the same. You're using somebody else's. But creativity he says he's on. he's building stuff in his mind craft world no, it's like legos somebody, else, no, somebody else's not. creativity that he's using he is not yeah. using his he's not doing it with his hands he's not building anything and kids know intrinsically they know yeah. that they're not being productive this is not a productive way to live they want their parents to fight for them go out there and fight for your kids and you put a big smile on your face and don't you let them you know 
derail you. Yeah. Don't you, don't, you know, if they have a meltdown, you just smile and say, honey, get off the floor. Come on. We're going to go make some lemonade anyway. And you've got to be that coach yeah. and you've got to lead them and guide them and they will follow you and they will love you. And it will pay off. Let me tell you tenfold. Yeah. It will pay off more than you know. And then the thing is, Colin, is after you get through some of that hard time in the beginning when you're trying to pull that bandaid off and it can be kind of hard, it evens out and the, the joy in your home it, it so far passes what you thought, like you thought you were going to have to deal with those meltdowns for a long time. No, you won't. Yeah. It, you restructure and you recalibrate that lifestyle in your home. It is so worth it. Most of parents, in fact, every parent I know that's ever been through this, they will never go back. And nope. it doesn't mean their kids are never going to get screens. That's not what I'm talking about. They will never go back to the way it was where their kids were being entertained constantly by toxic screens. 100%. They won't go back. So it's totally worth it. And I'm looking forward to seeing a whole another group of folks come through. Yes. If you have a child who is struggling with screen time, it's time to take action. I am so thankful that we took the Screen Strong Pathway for Melissa and for our younger kids. It doesn't take failing with your first child to make a change in your home for your other kids. Don't make the same mistake I did. We have never regretted skipping the drama of toxic screens in our kids' lives, and you won't either. Your kids will be so much happier with the Screen Strong lifestyle. I know it seems like it's going to be too hard, but it's not. And we're here to help you. I hope that you all enjoyed listening to this story today. If you need more help, please contact us at team at screenstrong.com. We have many resources for you and your family. ScreenStrong is committed to providing education and support throughout your journey. We have a lot of resources for you. You are not alone. We have this Kids, Brains, and Screens course for you. This is designed for parents. It's online. It's easy to do. We have a physician-led live group coaching coming this fall with a partner physician that we work with, a psychiatrist. And we have a community. There you will find support from other parents just like you. Right now, our community is focused on Facebook, on the Facebook group, the Screen Strong Families Facebook group, but we are moving that to our site very soon. So what's your homework? To share this podcast with a friend. We need your help to get the word out. And your homework is also to rethink the screen rules that you have in your house and your screen choices that you're making and know that we are here to help you every step of the way. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd, and stay strong.